do you or your team need to get better at dealing with conflict at work and having difficult conversations? It can take up a lot of time and damage productivity if it isn't handled properly. You're listening to The Profit Margin with First Trust Bank. Hello there, welcome to The Profit Margin with me, Naomi McMullen and Jamie DeLarge. This week we're also looking at how businesses can bring down their water bills. There's definitely savings to be made. But before that, personality clashes and conflict at work. How can you deal with it? What do you need to do to resolve an issue so it doesn't keep reappearing? Well, Amy Gallo is contributing editor at Harvard Business Review and author of the HBR Guide to Managing Conflict at Work. I began by asking her if there are certain types of people who are attracted by fighting. Yeah, I'm one of those people, in fact. That's why I wrote the book, um, because I, I actually find conflict really interesting and invigorating and and I'm um, absolutely what I call in the book conflict seeker um, someone you know you think of the kid in the schoolyard when someone yelled fight who ran um, toward it instead of tried to um, you know stay away from it so I there are people um, who think who get invigorated or are excited by conflict and those people tend to be these seekers tend to be people who value um, directness and honesty and and think that conflict is a way to work through issues. Um, but you ha- also have to be careful because at least in certain cultures, there's also a lot of conflict avoiders, those people for whom conflict feels really bad and they'll do whatever they can um, to get out of it. And those people tend to value harmony and relationships at work more than than directness and honesty. And so so they're trying to do different things. And there will be people listening to this who are familiar with a type of manager who encourages competition between staff to maybe push them to outsell each other, etc. Do you think that's a management style that ever works, though? Pitting people against each other? No. Um, I, I mean, I think it's a management style that... Um, drives people to achieve. And in the short term, it might work, right? You might see results um, if you're really encouraging people to compete and, and outsell or out outperform each other. But in the long run, it's going to damage relationships. And the relationships at work between coworkers are essential to people being happy at work, being satisfied, and therefore being productive. So I don't think it's a, it's a stance you, you want to take as a manager. But if you're in the person being managed by that boss, um, you need to sort of figure out ways to, to deal with the situation that's been handed to you. And what if the person you're having the conflict with is being unreasonable? You know, you talk about sitting down to talk things through. What about if they don't listen to your perspective? Yeah, that is, and that's often common. People ask, what if I'm dealing with someone who's just flying off the handle or, um, you know, is, is just cannot listen, is completely focused um, on their own perspective and is even... Um, you know, sometimes people ask about how do I deal with a narcissist who sees nothing but their own perspective. And I think those situations are particularly hard. There's a couple things I'd advise. One is, you know, take time. So don't, again, don't have the conversation in the hallway. Most certainly do not have a conversation over email. Um, find a time where you can sit down with a person 
um, look them in the eye and, and have what would hopefully be a much more calm and focused conversation. Another thing you can do, particularly with someone who's being unreasonable, is to ask that person for advice. So rather than saying, hear my perspective, this is how I feel, this is what I'm going through, have that person, you know, see things from um, from your perspective. So you can ask, well, if you were in my shoes, what would you suggest I do? And that requires them to take a little bit moment of perspective taking. And you might even say, you know what, I really need your advice. I feel stuck here. I don't like the situation we're in. What do you think we should do to, to address it? Or if you were me, what would you do um, to address it? Sometimes that can sort of disarm someone who's particularly um, aggressive or, you know, again, overly focused on their point of view. And it can help them just take a little bit of a different perspective and see that, you know, this isn't an all out battle. You all are hopefully collaborating to solve whatever issue or conflict you're having. Amy Gallo. And if what she said really resonated with you, you can get her book, The Harvard Business Review Guide to Managing Conflict at Work. And remember, you can contact us on Twitter and Facebook at The Profit Margin. You're listening to The Profit Margin with First Trust Bank. Well, I promised earlier we'd tell you how to cut your water bills. Homes don't pay water charges, but businesses certainly do. In fact, it can be between 1% and 2% of a company's turnover. Many firms don't realise they're entitled to a rebate that can cut their bills And confusingly, it's called the domestic allowance. It's worth £500 a year. And if you haven't been claiming it, you can backdate it for as much as six years. The Consumer Council have been taking the lead in highlighting this issue in recent times, helping to save companies hundreds and thousands of pounds. Jimmy went along to their offices to speak to Graham Smith to hear how they got involved in assisting firms. Our role at the Consumer Council is to promote and safeguard the interests of all consumers. That's business and household. Um, We did some research a number of years ago and from that we found that most businesses just weren't aware that this allowance existed. Um, Since then we've been promoting it, saying to businesses, please have a look at your water bill, see if you can claim this allowance. Um, The majority we talk to don't know about it, so we've been starting to get the message out. Um, We want to get the message to, to all the business community out there across Northern Ireland that you may be paying too much for water. Give me an idea of the scale of the allowance, how much money you can claim and for how many years. It's up to £500, just over £500 a year off your water bill. So it's 200 units of water. Qualifying criteria for it would be that you have a water meter and that you pay business rates. And that's the vast majority of businesses out there. Um, If you tick both of those boxes, you can claim this allowance. The bigger the company, the more you can claim. Is that the way it works? It's a flat rate. So um, if you're a corner shop or you're a large manufacturer, if you have a meter coming into your premises and you pay business rates, you can claim up to £500. So it's capped at £500. It isn't averaged. It isn't proportioned depending upon size of business or water intake. It's a flat rate. The reason for that is it, it keeps it nice and simple. It keeps it simple. Businesses can claim it. It gets applied to the bill. It can be backdated for up to six years. Um, and it then just rolls on every year, every year. So every future bill will be reduced by that amount. If my business had two sites, would they be entitled to £1,000? How does it work? So the allowance is applicable per metre per site. So if you have uh, a metre meter going into 
shop in Belfast and a metre going into a shop in Newry, you can claim for both. Now, is it a complicated process claiming that money and can I get any help if uh, I think I'm entitled to it? The good news is it's not complicated. Um, it's a phone, you have to apply for it from Northern Ireland Water. Um, a phone call to Northern Ireland Water and they'll be able to talk you through it. But if anybody wants any independent advice, they can contact me or my team at the Consumer Council. The phone number 0800 121 6022. Phone us, talk to us, we can help. Now, you are a public service organisation, but people might be wondering if there is a fee that you charge people to get this service, in other words, to help you, to help the business claim for the money. Okay, the good news on that front is we don't charge anything for our service. We don't sell anyone anything. Um, What we do is we will talk you through your water bill. We will talk you through the allowances you may be applicable to get, how to get them. Um, We can provide you with what we call a water bill health check. Um, But do we charge? No, we don't. It's a free service. We're independent from Northern Ireland Water. Um, We are here to promote and safeguard consumers. That is our sole purpose. I do remember at a gathering with which you spoke that you said the cheapest water is the water you don't use. Now, what can you do to assist people reduce their intake of water into their establishment? So once the allowance has been uh, put onto a bill, that's the first big step to get the water bill down. The second half of the equation is to look at the behaviours of the business. How do you, what do you use water for? Can we get that down? Can the Consumer Council help with that? Yes, we can. We can give water use advice. Um, we give tips. We do audits of premises. Um, we're trained in water efficiency advice. Um, we can come in whether it be um, a corner shop a pub a hotel a retailer a manufacturer we can come in and talk to you about your water use how to get it down Um, simple tips might be things like that we find work educate staff that water costs you money we don't have direct charging at at homes in northern Ireland, but we find that that means a lot of staff think that businesses don't have to pay directly for the water Um, know where your water meter is read your water meter understand your bill all things we can help with we come to you we visit your premises Um, it again doesn't cost you anything maybe a cup of tea that's all it will cost we come out we help we will get your water bill down sometimes when you hear advice like this on let's say reducing your energy bill they talk about uh, turning down the thermostat and i'm thinking well you just shiver then is this really uh, something these these measures you're talking about practical in the sense that you can still deliver a, a, a complete service to your customers and use less water Yes, we've found that the businesses we've worked with over the last couple of years, um, we've managed to save them water and it hasn't affected the service to their customers at all. Um, The last thing we want to do is to make the business any way less attractive. Um, What we're trying to do is reduce the overheads of that business. The business environment is tough enough at the moment. Even if we can shave a few pounds off the water bill, that's money in the business's pocket rather than going to the line of water. And last question, um, is it a case of installing equipment to reduce the water usage or are these simply better practices? There's a whole range of steps that can be implemented. Um, it can be from simple things, hippos in the systems of the staff toilets. They're free, they save water every flush. Right up to installing um, devices that are more advanced, 
um, which will cost money to put in. Um, it really depends on the appetite of the organization. Um, I would always say that the larger the bill, the larger may be the, the, the interventions that are needed. Um, but every organization can take no or low cost measures to get the water bill down. Sounds like it could be something really worth checking out. Now with a look at what's coming up in the week ahead, here's Neil Parker from First Trust Bank. Coming up, it's no big surprise. All eyes will be focusing on the US election next week. The markets are already showing signs of nervousness as the polls move slightly in favour of Donald Trump becoming the next president. US markets saw their biggest stock slide in five years and there's been a noticeable switch to safer assets such as gold and Swiss francs. The market seems to be anticipating that a Trump win would generally create a lot of uncertainty, whereas Clinton winning, that's viewed as the safe bet. Her long career in politics mean her policies will most likely be more stable. With all of this going on, markets across the world are nervous. This close vote reminds us all of the close campaign around Brexit in June and the surprise outcome. So, we could be in for a volatile few days on the currency and stock markets. Yes, all eyes on the US election. Now, this week's startup is called Makematic. Their aim is to help teachers prepare to use technology in the classroom. Clients include government agencies. Here's their pitch. I'm Mark Nagurski. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Makematic. We develop educational content on video. Most teachers don't feel comfortable using technology in the classroom, and that means we need to give them better resources to use, but we also need to give them better training. We invest an awful lot in tech, but unfortunately we don't seem to invest as much in the teachers themselves. So we work with brands like the BBC, Barbican, Microsoft, to design educational content and then allow teachers to stream that directly into the classroom. And then from early next year, they'll also be able to access an additional tier of teacher training materials, teaching them how to use things like iPads and 3D printers and design tools in the classroom, not just to teach tech, but to teach history and music and art and physics. And ultimately what we want is we want every teacher to feel comfortable to be able to use the technology so that every kid gets a chance to use it as well. And you can find more information at makematic.com. Well, if you'd be interested in pitching your business, get in touch. You can email me, Naomi, at theprofitmargin.co.uk. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Profit Margin. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Profit Margin with First Trust Bank.